Beyond the Pillion is recorded on the traditional lands of the Kaurna people, and we would like to pay our respects to elders, past and present. Welcome to Beyond the Pillion. My name is Kahi Wasabaya. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the chaotic one. And my name is Mark Drexler. I use he, him pronouns. And for all the new writers out there, trust me, you'll only ever sneeze, in, sneeze inside an open-faced helmet once. <laughs> you will never do it twice. Oh, no. Once you've done it once, it's something you'll never... Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, today, back to the anyway, story. Anyway... W- Welcome to episode 11. Today Mm. we are talking about riding in winter and how to make sure you and your bike are ready for anything that the weather can throw at you. Mm. Now is the time of the year that um, I'm putting a couple of my bikes away under their blankies for winter because Mm. a couple of them I don't want to take out and get wet. Um, But I'm also seeing in the shop quite a few people coming in and explicitly getting their bikes serviced, knowing that they are coming into winter. Um, I ride all year round, um, and the people who do ride all year round are choosing now as a good time to come in and say, yep, get my bike serviced and get it ready, because we are coming into the months that are tougher in terms of riding and tougher on motorbikes. So it is a time in, and we are, of course, talking from an Australian perspective, coming into winter and Mm. into the colder and wetter months where you do need to start having a bit bit more of a think about some of the things around riding. Otherwise, you can have some pretty awful experiences. Kahiwa, Mm. what's the worst experiences you've had in terms of wet riding (laughs) or winter riding so far? I mean, I'm I'm a pretty fair weather rider, particularly Mm. nowadays. Um... And I know certainly when I first started riding, the idea of riding in the rain and in the wet um, made me quite nervous, actually, mm-hmm. um, and, and I worried about it quite a bit, particularly because I started on a bike that didn't have ABS. I think mm. now that um, bikes, most bikes have ABS and riding more modern bikes, that's um, not as much of a fear nowadays. But certainly when I commuted into the city, um, kind of every day, most days. Um, there were definitely a few when, yeah, you, you'd kind of have a look at the radar uh, in the morning or in the mm. afternoon and it would say to expect rain. Um, and I remember one afternoon a workmate who also rode quite regularly and I were sitting there just just reloading and refreshing the radar, trying to pinpoint when there might be a little gap in between the clouds mm. that we could get out and go. And um, I think he made it, and I didn't quite uh, add a few more pieces of gear to get changed into. Um, but thankfully it wasn't too bad. I, I had pretty good gear, um, like jacket, pants, gloves, proper boots. Um, and even though I did miss that gap, I stayed pretty dry. Come on, though. That's um, that, that's think- dodging. That's dodging. the. Uh, <laughs> tell, us, tell us a time that you've been really just caught in it. I, I think the worst one was probably our trip over to Sheila's Shakedown in February, mm-hmm. which you know, felt like it was winter, mm-hmm. um, even though it was February and you know, typically supposed to be mm. very, very dry and warm. Um, but there was absolutely freezing cold. There was sideways rain from the wind mm-hmm. and there were trucks that, as they drove past, would just splash up gigantic walls of water Um and that was horrific mm. and absolutely everything got soaked. Um, 
I think we both had pretty good gear that kept the worst of it out and had you know, hot showers and, and heaters for when um, the water and the cold did kind of get through. They they helped quite a lot, but that's probably the, mm. the worst. Yep, and, <laughs> and I would agree that those stretches of doing 110 or 100 to 110 k's an hour in driving rain with semi-trailers mm. coming the other way on two-lane roads, that was about as hard as it gets. So yeah. yeah, you've you have experienced some very ugly, ugly stuff, um, and you're still here and you're still writing, which is good. Yes. So two <laughs> things we want to talk about today on this: the the first is talking about your gear and some of the essentials mm. of your your gear and getting prepped for winter, and the second thing is about keeping your bike happy through the colder, wetter months. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And um, you know, you can buy plenty of gear. Um, if uh, listener, if you're anything like me, you know, a change of season is somewhat of an excuse to to go and buy some new things. And there are some fantastic shops out there, um, particularly now online, that will stock um, really, really good quality gear for women and female riders. Um, but we wanted to go through some of the essentials to consider. So if you are have limited funds and just want to buy a couple of things to get you really ready to be able to ride or just feel a little bit more confident if you do have to ride, these are our kind of top five essentials to be kind of ready to ride in winter. Um, and we're going to work from five all the way up to number one. So, Mark, do you want to start? What's our number five? Yeah, starting so starting at the least essential and working our way back to the top, um, a nice one that I use sometimes, which really can particular on longer rides help, is a neck sock. So mm. most motorbike jackets you're going to have will get up to the base of your neck and keep everything nice and warm up to there. Your helmet will sort of go from the bottom of your chin up. But that little, mm. that uh, sort of bottom of the chin and top of the neck can get really uh, quite arctically cold if, uh, if if you're out there doing longer rides in yep. winter and it's not just wet that's also just protecting you from the cold so really anything that helps you to keep um, the wind off your neck I prefer to go for a neck sock rather than scarves just because I used to use scarves when I was in my younger sillier days but it's more dicking around you've got a chance that it's going to come undone they're often bulkier whereas for mm. Uh, a a few dollars, depending on where you get it from and what it is, you can pick yourself up a neck sock, um, slot it uh, yeah, slide it over over your head before you pop your helmet on, tuck one end inside yep. your jacket, and then um, uh, yeah, the the other uh, the the top end of it tuck underneath your chin strap to hold it in place, and then tuck it up underneath your chin. That will definitely help you keep the cold and wet off your neck and it's an important yeah. place lots of important pipes go through your neck in terms of uh, blood vessels and warming things up so <laughs> it's a good spot to keep warm i've seen i've seen them also referred to as gaiters and i know yeah. um you can get them for like camping and hiking yep. um, particularly really lightweight mm. ones um i tend to wear them pretty much year round um because I don't always like the feel of the wind on my neck, but that's more of a sensory thing. Mm -hmm. And also I had one time a bee fly down mm. the collar of my jacket and that freaked me mm -hmm. out. And so now I feel like I've got just a really thin neck sock that helps reduce the likelihood of that happening. Yep. And they also just protect sun if you're riding in a bit more sunnier yeah, times. But you can get ones that are made out of like wool or a really light thin like fleece. Mm -hmm. 
um, which can be really good. Um, I know when I used to ride into work and have to be kind of semi-professional during the day, um, I would have the like merino wraps and I'd wrap it underneath um, like over top of each other, kind of overlapping over my chest, Mm -hmm. uh, but it would still come up under my neck. And so then I'd also have the wrap for being in the office Mm -hmm. during the day. And that seemed to work quite well. Also just having another layer um, on the chest to kind of keep you warm as well, kind of doing a bit of dual purpose there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, neck socks socks. are for me absolutely a must and very, very affordably priced. Not a big (laughs) investment to get one. So that's number five. Yeah, for sure. Number four, wet weather pants. Mm. Um, you can absolutely buy purposeful kind of um, waterproof riding pants that might have that kind of textile outer mm-hmm. layer, um, which are particularly useful if you're doing like a lot of touring kind of riding or, or long distance riding. They could be great for that. Um, but I think the thing that's going to be more affordably priced as a, an option to kind of get you through winter if you um, are a bit restricted are the kind of waterproof outer layer mm-hmm. pants that go over top of your riding jeans or trousers. Yep. Um, these are really great also just when it's cold. They act as a bit of a windbreaker. Um, I know when I was riding really regularly, I would wear them pretty much every day. Mm. Um, because early morning, kind of in the evenings as well, it just keeps that cold wind off of your legs. And then if there was you know, some spots of rain, then they work really well as well. And then when you get to wherever you're going, they're really easy to just kind of take off and roll up and put in a, a backpack or a top box or something really nice and compact. Mm-hmm. Mm. Spot on, spot on. Yep, I, I tend to keep... Uh, keep mine in my top box or very close at hand wherever I'm riding during the winter months because just as Kay said, they're just so easy to chuck over the top and much mm. cheaper, you know, pick up a pair for sort of around the 50-odd Aussie dollar mark as a sort of rough guide and just to, yep. um, yeah, you will you will thank yourself the first time you um, hit an unexpected shower and whip them out and um, keep yourself very dry. So, yep, good point. Yeah, and I've seen them with um, some really nice, like reflective colours yes. and bright colours yep. as well. Down the side so if too. you are, yeah, if you're riding in lower lights, so kind of early mornings or in the evenings, um, and wanting to make sure that you're visible, then these are also a really nice mm. way to do that too. Bright colours, high vis, reflective kind of stripes, um, really good for that kind of safety aspect as yep. well. Good stuff. Mark, number three. Number three. Now, this is starting to get a little bit more expensive, um, but Mm. if you are going to be doing some particularly uh, rides where you need to get to your destination with dry feet, then a good set of wet weather boots (laughs) is really, really important. Um, your, Your feet are being so low and close to the road, you can expect that the, the lower you are on your body, the more uh, water and crap you're going to have splashed up from from the road surface as you're riding. Mm. And a good pair of really solid waterproof as best as you can get wet weather boots um, is is a very, very good investment. It does mean that if you're going to work or if you're going to somewhere else, then um, generally you'll be carrying a spare pair of shoes with you to change into 
but for me when the rain is either when the roads are very wet or when it's uh, when it's raining then that's a far better option than trying to get a pair of sort of one pair of shoes does everything um mm. we'll, we'll talk more about gear in another episode but uh yeah there are shoes that you can sort of wear as casual shoes that are also motorbike shoes but generally if it's if it's going to be chucking it down then they have their limitations they're a real sort of um uh compromise on keeping water out so a mm. good solid pair of wet weather boots will keep your feet warm and dry and extremities as we will find out in one of the last couple are a very important <laughs> thing so that's number three yes you're starting to look at probably a couple of hundred dollars worth but you will not regret investing in a decent set of wet weather boots and they should last at least a fair few years yeah. as well if you're looking after them and caring for them um yeah, they should last a couple of years. So it'll be yeah, a bit of an investment up front, but you'll be warm, you'll be safe, um, you'll be dry, and you'll have them for at least a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, I reckon so mine, are into their, in the mine are into their fourth winter, I think, now. And it's possibly their too, last yeah. winter, but yeah, it's it's they're not going to wear out anytime soon. Mm. Number yep. two. Number two, layers. Layers donkey. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I want to do the parfait quote, but I can't remember it enough off the top of my mm. head, so we're going to skip yep. that part. But Keep layers, rolling. very important. Um, I think the one of the things that can be really useful when you're looking at buying a jacket um, up front are looking at jackets that have layers. So the dry rider jackets that I have, so they're textile outer layers, but they have um, zip out mm. kind of warmer layers on the inside. So they will span a couple of seasons. Um, and so the winter one that I have is pretty much kind of closed out and it's got a really nice thick kind of um, insulated layer that I can zip out or zip back in. But the other thing that I tend to do is just lots of thinner layers. So even if you only have one jacket, something like Merino or um, those kind of heat tech kind of layers are going to help keep you warm, particularly in your chest. Mm. So um, a good quality jacket will have really good insulation and protection against the wind kind of rushing against your chest. Um, but it can be really important to keep warm through there. So lots of layers, lightweight, um, kind of thin you can get, merino layers or those other kind of layers as well. Um, and then they'll also kind of keep you warm. And then if it gets warmer, they're really lightweight to kind of take off and put in a backpack or, or something similar. Not going to take up too much bulk under your jackets either. Good point. All good, all um, good points. I've even done the same thing under my um, riding jeans when it was really cold, mm -hmm. wearing, I think, when we did the Sheila's Shakedown ride or ride over to there, um, I was wearing a layer of the compression tights yes. underneath my riding trousers. Absolutely. So another layer of warmth. Um, but that compression was also really good just to keep the help keep the blood flowing in the cold and when you're not moving too much. Um, and other times I've worn like merino thermal layers underneath trousers as well just to be extra, extra warm. But I am cold-blooded so i feel the temperature variations a lot more than you do mark what are what are your kind of go-to layers 
Um, yeah, in I think the compression uh, compression tights on the lower body, if it's going to be particularly mm. cold, is definitely one that I will do if I'm going for a longer ride. Um, up top, yep, as you've said, um, you don't need to have half a dozen different jackets for every different temperature range. If you can buy one jacket that's got a couple of linings, that's great. And then underneath that, um, one thing I will very often wear is a sleeveless vest mm. because it gives me an extra layer on my chest without making my arms sort of get bulked out like a Michelin man and end up feeling, mm. you know, sort of bulky and restricted in the arm area. So I try and probably put more of a focus on just keeping my chest warm because if my chest is warm, mm -hmm. then I'm usually okay. So yeah, sleeveless, thin sleeveless vest is uh, another one that can be handy. Yep. When you did adventure ride, mm -hmm. you had um, a layer with a hood and you had the hood under your helmet just to get that extra layer through the kind of head and, and neck area as well. Yeah, yep. Um, it, I'm fortunate because I shave my head. So, um, well, fortunate or unfortunate, I kind of curse um, anybody that has hair just in general. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, hair does definitely keep your head warmer under a helmet. And if you don't have any like me, then... Um, yeah, it was just a, a very lightweight, uh, like a Kathmandu hiking, hiking top type mm. thing that had a, um, that had the hood, but it was a very thin hood. So I could fit it in my helmet without adding a whole lot of bulk in there without sort of pushing the thing out of shape or, you know, putting mm. massive pressure on my head, but just another layer to try and keep the warmth in. And that definitely did yeah. help as well. Yeah, cool. Cool. Which I think uh, brings us to one. number one. Now, I mm -hmm. get gobsmacked even in summer when I see people riding around on a motorbike without any gloves on. Um, on the on the rare I occasion, I know I just don't get it. Um, when you know, you're as a human, when you fall off then odds are you are just going to you will put your hands out to save yourself. And when I say people without gloves, it just sort of makes me, yeah, it gives me butterflies thinking, my God, when you come off the skin grafts, you're going to have it just going to be awful. Um, and then when I see them in winter, it's even more, not just because of the, the damage, but also because so much as a motorcyclist is dependent on uh, fine motor skills in your fingers mm. and being able to, in a very delicate, nuanced way, be able to balance your throttle and your clutch and your front brake all of those things that require your your pinkies to be working as well as you can possibly get them. Riding around in the rain, not only is it making them slippery, but it's also going to make them cold. It's going to make it harder to feel anything more than a few Ks. Mm -hmm. And if, if you can't feel your fingers, then you are losing so much in the way of your ability to control the motorbike. So for God's sake, if it's coming up to winter, find a pair if you, buy one, if you buy one thing at least get some warm gloves <laughs> and i hear people sort of saying oh yeah but i don't get as much feel and yeah they're bulkier and they're hard and yeah they are but that's still going to be better than um riding with lightweight gloves that are not designed for riding in the rain um mm. they get cold your windows your, your fingers get stiff they start to lose their feeling and it's just it's just a bad idea 
um, you go and find some good quality uh, winter gauntlets that will keep your fingers warm. If you really want to, you know, shine everyone on about how nice and warm your hands are, you can buy heated gloves. They are uh, one of the most magnificent things that you will ever find on a winter's <laughs> day, but they're also several hundred dollars, so they are getting a bit extravagant. Um, yeah, for, for the sake of a hundred odd dollars, you can buy yourself a very nice set of winter gloves, thick gauntlets mm. that will be water water resistant uh, I won't say waterproof but strongly water resistant up to a point they will insulate your fingers from the cold and from the wet and if you can keep your hands dry then it's another just such an important thing on keeping the rest of your dry whereas if your hands start getting cold then yeah that is the thin end mm. of the wedge of just a downhill slide to freezing your ass off when you're riding which is which is not fun it's really, really not. And I, I know I'm one of the people who says when I when I wear first kind of start wearing the gauntlets in the colder months and I'm like, oh, I, I don't feel like I can, you know, have that same level of dexterity yep. um, to feel through like the clutch and the front brake. Yep. But you do get used to it. And I will say having ridden in um, – just like leather gloves or more kind of southern summer gloves, the amount of dexterity and control and feeling I lose in my fingers when they're cold mm. is way worse than what it feels like when you're wearing gauntlets. And they, they just take a little bit more to get used to. Yep, they do. And the bonus of the gauntlets is the at least the ones that I've got, they've got like a almost like a little built-in windshield wiper mm. to help, you know, brush off the water from your visor, Spum. which is absolute godsend. Um, not so useful when you are having walls of water come at your face, yeah. but if it's just rain. <laughs> yep, just little showers. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty effective, actually. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, thank you. So... That's the gear, mm -hmm. our top five. Um, and not to say that there's a bunch of other options. There's definitely winter-specific items that you can buy. But assuming you've got limited funds, what are the top five things um, that if we, if you had to invest in, in something, what should you invest in to be able to ride in the winter? Um, those things there. Um, and if you think that we've missed anything essential, please leave us a comment, mm -hmm. um, Instagram or YouTube or, or flick us an email. We're all good. But Mark, what about the bike? What can we be doing with our bike to kind of gear up and get ready for riding in winter? Mm. Yep. Um, so I already mentioned that coming into winter, if you're going to be riding it through winter, can actually be a good time to get it serviced because it is making sure that it's in, in good shape and all of the, the important things are all working as they are. Let's say you've done that, your bike's in good working order and then you're coming into three months as we are, coming into three months of, of rubbish weather. Um, probably, so we, we've gone through the pre-ride checks and we've started talking about basic maintenance. Probably the number one thing that is going to be just more frequent during winter is going to be chain maintenance. So I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier that you know, your feet are low down and they're going to get a lot of water and crud from the road sprayed up on them and your chain is in exactly the same boat. So mm. um, your chain uh, you know, being wet and dirty is going to wash the chain loop off it. That means it's going to be prone to rust. 
it means it's going to start wearing your sprockets prematurely. It's going to start stretching the chain prematurely. And as we talked about in a previous episode, uh, swapping out a chain and both of both your sprockets is probably going to be about four dollars to $500, depending on what bike you're on. And it is something that, yes, it takes a little bit of, of effort to do it to make sure it is kept clean uh, clean and in good nick but it's going to save you quite a few hundred dollars when you can double or triple the length of, of the lifespan of your mm. chain and sprocket so as a as a rough guide and this is purely indicative your mileage may vary but if it's summer then if i was riding a bike every day i'd probably clean the chain you know give it a proper clean every four to six weeks if it is winter, then I'm probably looking at every more like two-ish, mm. two to three weeks. If it's a bike that I'm riding, you know, five, five days a week during winter to go to work and back, then the, the reality mm. is you need to be giving it a clean every couple of weeks. Otherwise, it's going to it's gonna be toast very quickly and you'll be in and paying a few hundred bucks for some new ones. So, yeah. chain maintenance, chain maintenance. I'll stop now. Kahiba, <laughs> next one. Next one is um, thinking about batteries. Mm. So one of the things that can happen during the winter months is we, we might ride our bikes a little less and hopefully if you've got the right gear, you might feel inspired or prepared to, to kind of get out there a little bit more often. Um, but the downside of this is that the, the cold weather uh, in particular, but also kind of lack of use can really kill and drain mm. your batteries. So um, two kind of quick options. One is to make sure you're starting and running the bike regularly. And even if it's just to kind of take it out for a bit of a blat um, in the you know, couple of minutes where the, the sun's out or the rain is paused for a little while, um, that can be really helpful. Um, or you can look at things like a trickle charger, which I think we've spoken about yeah, in uh, a previous have. episode, mm. to just connect your, your battery up to give it just a little bit of charge over a longer period of time um, to make sure that it doesn't go completely flat. Um, so that can be really important. I feel like that's a good excuse to at least kind of try and get out um, at least a handful of times over the winter months just to, to start the bike and get it running as well. Mm. Yep. And the other thing I'll add in there is uh, giving your bike a few runs during winter is good just to keep everything moving. So mm. bits are all, all moving. They're doing what they're meant to do. They're not just sitting there and gradually getting less and less in the way of lubrication and, and, and everything else uh, that they mm -hmm. need to keep happy. If you are somebody who lets their bike run out of registration, so you can't actually take it out during during winter because you only register it maybe for six months of the year. I don't know, plenty of people do that. Um, then starting it up is is good, uh, even if you can't take it out on the road. If you do that, though, try and leave it running until the bike is nice and warm. So start it up and mm. just let it run for 10 minutes. Give it a few revs along the way. Uh, that'll just get everything moving around inside the motor like it would if you were riding it regularly. Um, one trap for young players is don't just start the start the engine, run it for 10 seconds and then turn it off because you're actually putting more load on your battery. So your, your battery it uh, is drained of energy when you are cranking the bike over to get it started and then it charges itself while the, while the engine is running. So um, mm. yeah, 
don't think that going out there every two days and just starting it and then switching it off after 10 seconds is helping. You're probably actually making it worse. When you do start it, um, start it up and then just let it sit for 10 minutes. Good chance to walk around the bike, check it out, make sure everything's doing, check tyre pressures, do all those things. Um, <laughs> even if you're not taking the bike out, it's just a good chance to, to let it get up to normal operating temperature. So, mm. Mm. nice. Thank you, Kayma. Now, um, one more that I'll, I'll throw in, and this is the last one that I'll add, I think, is trying to keep or doing whatever you can, even though you are riding in winter, to keep your bike dry. So it sounds a bit dumb because you're consciously getting it wet because you're taking it out of winter and you know it's going to get caked. Um, but when it's not doing that, then um, now when you when you get it home, I mean, cleaning, I talked about cleaning your chain, but also tr um, cleaning your bike fairly regularly, um, but trying to keep it to, so after you've been for a ride, if it's not too gungy, at least try and yeah, maybe give it a wipe down. Um, if mm. it's particularly dirty, give it a clean and a wipe down and try and, you know, chamois as much of the water off as you can. Um, if you are leaving it, you know, if it has to live outside, even though it's undercover, if it has to live out in the elements and not locked in a shed or in your living room or bedroom, like I wish most of mine could, um, then <laughs> buy yourself a bike cover. Again, you're looking at mm. 50 to $100 for a bike cover, uh, do whatever you can to try and keep as much of the weather off of it. Mm. I don't know, we talked about yeah. this when it was possibly either, uh, I think, looking after bikes or buying secondhand bikes or looking after your bike and stopping it becoming really secondhand. Uh, this is all a part of that, to try and mm. even if you are riding it through the wettest of the wet, do whatever little things you can to try and keep it to, to try and keep it as dry as you can because the more that you have particularly the more that you have water pooling on any spots of your bike that is when you will start to get to get rusty bolts little spots of rust because the water's just been sitting there for weeks and weeks and weeks and it mm. can trash a bike pretty quickly if you are not if you're not on top of it so do whatever you can to keep your bike as dry as you can even though you're riding it in the wet Kahiba. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I think similarly, um, thinking about your helmet as well. Um, mm -hmm. So when, yeah, when you're out and about, it can be yeah, getting covered in rain and, and mud and, and gunk as well. So similarly trying to keep that clean mm -hmm. and dry. Um, I think this is really, really important if you're riding in kind of dark or kind of rainy weather, um, keeping your visor clean. Mm -hmm means um, this is going to help the water be able to run off um, and keep uh, your visibility really high so that or that you can actually see mm -hmm. um, and the ideal way to do this is with some kind of water repellent so we use plexus which is just a really thin spray we are not sponsored by plexus we just like it. Not sponsored. That's just what we use, um, which you spray on and then wipe off and it cleans it, but also adds a layer of water repellent yeah. um, yep. to the surface as well. Um, so it means that the water beads um, and it's easier to just kind of wipe off mm. with said kind of finger on your gauntlets if you're wearing those. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really, really helpful. Um, I think for me... One of the things that I love about my helmet um, is that it has an internal um, shade visor 
And so I actually find sometimes when I'm riding in kind of early mornings or when there's kind of rain on the road, it can be really reflective if there's any sun then. And so sometimes I want to be able to use the shade visor even in winter. Um, but you don't want to be using that if you're then potentially going to be going into rain or low visibility times mm. either. So personally that's why I love my helmet um, but if not making sure that you've got um, your visor that's really clear it's clean um, and able to get the water off that really easily and just one final thing in there cleaning inside and out so it is mm. a really good idea uh, work out how your visor comes off your helmet uh, most of them these days have quick release uh, yeah, little mm. quick release levers or similar mechanisms that let you take your visor off pretty easily. If you are, um, you know, I, I think the best time to do it is after a ride because then take it off, give it a proper clean, get it really, really as clear as you can get it and with whatever your choice of plastic cleaner on the outside. Um, and then when you jump on it the next time, it's just one less thing that you have to think about when you go to get on your bike the next time um so you're you're prepared and having it done on the inside you know a, a, if you're riding in heavy rain you will find that sometimes rain a little bit of rain will get on the inside of your visor um you will find that your um condensation from your breath will fog up your visor sometimes as well so mm. having those water repellents anything that you can put onto your visor that keeps it clean and stops water from wanting to attach to it is going to make it easier in in a time when you're riding in the rain that is more challenging it's harder riding in the rain we'll, we'll do that another episode but um, yeah, anything <laughs> you can do to make your life easier by good preparation when you are riding is really important so Absolutely. Takeaways, Kahiba. Cool. Yeah. So uh, in terms of getting ready or, or gearing up to ride in winter, so we've got the gear, um, the what we think of, of the top five essentials to keep the warmth in and the cold and wet out. Mm -hmm. So thinking about some kind of neck sock or gaiter. Um, overpants can be really useful. You can just put them over top of your normal riding um, jeans or pants. Um, proper wet weather boots that are usually got some kind of fleece or some kind of warm layer on the inside, nice and thick waterproofing um, or water-resistant leather on the outside. Um, thinking about layers underneath your jacket rather than necessarily having to buy mm. a separate jacket. And in particular, prioritizing layers over your chest where the kind of air kind of might hit you as you're riding. Um, and number one, if you buy nothing else this winter, let it please be um, decent warm, set of gloves. wet weather, decent set of gloves. And in the winter ones, the ones that we've seen that we use are referred to as gauntlets and really nice, big, thick fingers. Um, and the wrists kind of go all the way up, like almost halfway up your forearm. So they keep it nice and warm. They're really, really good. Thinking about your bike, um, what we're trying to do is keep it in good shape. Um, so this will help prevent any issues happening and also kind of lessen their impact if they do. It'll keep your ride really nice and smooth, um, even as the conditions might change around you. So first of all, really important, keeping your bike maintained. So thinking about your servicing and in particular, thinking about your chain maintenance schedule that you might need to do that a little bit more regularly through the winter months or rainy wet months than you might through through drier summer months. 
thinking about your battery, keeping that charged either by starting and running, actually going for a ride or thinking about a trickle charger. Trying to keep the bike as dry as possible um, when you are not riding it um, or after a ride. Um, and this is going to help reduce uh, chances of water getting into places where um, the bike doesn't necessarily want it to be. Um, and the big thing is around keeping that visor clean and clear and where possible thinking about using something to uh, increase the water repellent so that um, it'll just help you have a nice smooth ride when you are actually out. Cool. So, Mark. Next episode. Next episode. Well, I think following on from this, like we've we've talked about getting getting your gear and getting the bike all, bike all prepped and ready to go for winter. But let's face it, here in Adelaide, we've got another two and a half at least months of really <laughs> shitty least. weather coming at us. So it's probably, I think we'll keep the winter vibes going. And next one, I think we'll talk a little bit about riding, riding in the wet, mm. uh, some of the things yep. to consider and we'll go from there. And keep an eye out on our Instagram and uh, YouTube shorts. We've got a few little um, videos. Mm. Get ready with me videos where I'll show you the gear that I've been wearing for our, our rides the last couple of weeks. Um, this to show a bit of the difference between uh, a ride on a day where it was a bit warmer and sunny and a ride uh, where it was quite cool but still actually really nice. So um, still a really nice afternoon for a ride. But until next time, please ride safe and have fun. Beyond the Billion is brought to you by Kahi Wasabaya and Mark Drexler and with the support of Woman Moto, the online magazine for women motorcyclists. Go to womanmoto.com. If you liked today's episode, please remember to rate, review and subscribe and tell a friend. It helps others find the podcast. <laughs>